1: Emily Benson and I'm your host and best friend on this journey through boutique land. <laughs> I'm doing something different today. I'm actually going to do a frequently asked questions podcast episode where I answer some of your frequently asked questions from my Facebook group, the Fashion Truck Tribe. Now, if you're not in the Fashion Truck Tribe, I would love for you to join. We have over 4,000 members and it's free for you to join. Uh, And it's just a great community. There's a lot of really amazing archived information. We have, uh, you know, all these resources on vendors like, don't ever pay for a wholesale vendor list. Come in our group. We've got lots of wholesale vendors in there. And uh, it's just a nice, supportive community of boutique owners, direct sellers basically anyone who has a fashion business. And so I would love for you to join. I've gone through and pulled some of the questions we get a lot of. And, you know, here's the thing. A lot of these answers are in my book, The Ultimate Boutique Handbook, Book. And so I don't really love having them in the group because one of my prerequisites for being in the group is that you've read the book. Now, obviously, I know that everyone in the group hasn't read the book, clearly based on the questions they're asking, but I'd like to encourage you to read the book because so much of this gets answered in there. So I'm going to give you my answers here on the podcast, but I'm also going to refer you over to my book, The Ultimate Boutique Handbook. It's on Amazon. I will put the link to the book in the show notes, Um, but it's $9.99 on Kindle and $16.95 on paperback. So less than $20 can give you Literally an entire baseline of information about the retail industry, how to start your boutique, whether it's a brick and mortar, mobile, or e-commerce. So I'd love for you to just invest in that and kind of be done with it. We've had a lot of questions about how much inventory do you need to start with and should you have a budget as you're just starting out with your boutique business? Now, yes, you should always have a budget. Hello. Hello. Because what I find so often is that people overspend and they overspend not knowing 100% who their ideal customer is. Now, if you've taken any one of my courses, you know we talk a lot about ideal customer. Remember, she's not everybody. And so what happens is I find a lot of women come out the gate spending way too much money missing their ideal client target, and then what happens is they have no more money to spend on new stuff. So it's just better to go conservative across the board when you're first buying inventory and then build up from there, okay? So as you first start out, a couple things you want to think about. Now, one, if you have a brick and mortar or a mobile boutique, you're going to want to get in there. You're going to want to measure. You're going to want to see like how much space you have because number one, you want to fill that space, right? The other piece of it is you might have too much space in your brick and mortar or your mobile boutique. I've actually had clients that I've said to them, make your store smaller (laughs) and then grow into it. Okay. You can always start out small. I started with a 30 foot step band when I started the fashion truck. And honestly, looking back, there's parts of me that like wishes I started smaller because it was you know, even though it's mobile, it was still pretty big. And, you know, I wanted to have a good amount of inventory in there. But, you know, if you just even have an accessories truck, I mean, you could get the smallest truck and just have accessories on it. Now, do you have to flex and understand, like, how much you want to make? Yeah, because that's going to determine how much inventory you have. So, again, we're never basing inventory just randomly on nothing. We're basing it on really on two things. One, how big is your space? And two, what are your sales goals? Okay, you can't make five thousand dollars on a hundred dollars worth of inventory overnight. That's going to take you a little bit of time to build up, and have the inventory to actually make that money, right? But that's okay. It's okay if it takes you a little bit of time. It's okay if it takes you building your inventory. That's not a bad thing. That means that your growth is sustainable. Okay, so. You want to make sure that you fill your store. Now, if you have an e-commerce site, how much should you have? Well, number one, you want to make sure you have a solid assortment. So you want to make sure that you have items that you feel like are good pieces to start with. So generally, I suggest that people either start with uh, tops and dresses or maybe just accessories. I know a lot of boutiques that just have accessories and do amazing. And then they go on to add clothing once they kind of know who their ideal customer is, what sizes they need, all that jazz, right? So I always say it's best to spend less than about. Three to five thousand dollars on inventory starting out. Okay. That might feel like a lot to you right now. <laughs> um, three to five thousand dollars will buy you a ton of merchandise, okay? And honestly, if you're brand, brand, brand new, I would say spend a thousand dollars. Spend a thousand dollars, test the waters, test you know, what's going to work, what's not, and really in that $1,000, make sure you have a solid assortment, so you have a few tops, a few dresses, maybe a few accessories, so you can test out what's going on, see what sizes sell, and again, if you haven't listened, I have a YouTube video about how to uh, only buy what you love, because I think that's so important, and you know, that goes into it, buy the pieces you feel like are absolutely beautiful, absolutely, like, stunning and are a great value for what, uh, you know, you're going to charge for it. So uh, again, if you listen to anything I've ever done, I always talk about making sure your price is at a three X wholesale minimum. Uh, if you're not there, honestly, like just get there because that's, what's going to make you money. And so make sure that you're buying items that, you know, when you multiply that wholesale cost by three, you can charge like a good price for, you know? And when I say a good price, do I mean cheap? Absolutely not. No. I mean a good reasonable price that someone's going to say, wow, this is an adorable top for great value. So in my boutique, the fashion truck, all my tops were between $28 and $48. $48 tended to be like sweaters. Sometimes it would even have like $50 sweaters. Um, and then $28 was like a tank top. For me, that $28 to $48 gave me a range of you know, something really basic tank top to something really incredible like a sweater. And that range I knew was going to provide plenty of money for me in the back end. And I knew that with those prices, people were going to say, wow, like this is a great price. Right. Again, it's we're not saying, oh, this is so cheap. This is affordable. Like so much of our money mindset gets caught up in like, oh, we want to be an affordable store. And like, oh, but I want to be cheap. I want to beat my competitors. Like, guess what? The minute you start saying cheap, the minute you start saying I'm affordable is the minute you're going out of business. Okay. You need to be at a good margin. You need to be at boutique prices. Okay. I've heard a lot of feedback from people, you know, hearing that. This group or this, you know, this boutique is selling things for $14, $18, $22, like tops, dresses, things like that. And to me, that's not a boutique. That's a discount store, okay? That's an Old Navy type store, all right? There's a difference. If you look at the structure of something like a Gap Inc, okay, Gap Inc owns three brands. They actually own more than that, but it's it's worth it just to look at their three brands. They have Old Navy... They have The Gap, and then they have Banana Republic. Okay, now imagine those stores in your head. Old Navy is their value price discount level store. They can sell things at a lower price because they're moving lots of volume. They're selling a lot of quantity out the door, right? So the two things you want to look at in retail are always like price and quantity at Old Navy, they can sell at a lower price because they're selling massive quantity. They're moving so much inventory, right? Now, look at the gap. They're pretty well-priced, right? They probably set an average price point of around $45 to $60. And for them, actually, maybe even a little bit lower. Maybe they go down to $30. I haven't been in a gap recently. So I would say maybe they go like $30 to $60 or sort of in that mid-tier range. And they're probably selling like medium amount of quantity, so they're getting good margins, they're sitting at that middle price point, and and they're selling, you know, not as much as Old Navy, but certainly they're not, you know, selling just a little bit. Then you look at something like Banana Republic, where, you know, they're selling better wear, they're selling suits, they're selling, you know, work wear, things that are like investment pieces for the average American, their prices are probably sitting somewhere between $60 and $100, probably even more, honestly, for a lot of pieces. And for them, they know they're going to sell less, right, quantity, but they're at a higher price point and they're still at a great margin, so they're making up for it, okay? So if you have seen other people out there that maybe they have a really big business, they have like a lot of customers, you can tell they have a lot of customers, and they're selling things for a cheap price, I want you to look at them as being an old navy, Okay? I don't want you to sit at Old Navy. That is not a boutique. I want you to sit at that gap level where you're mid-range, mid-quantity, maybe some of you listening even are more at a Banana Republic level. You're selling things for a little bit higher price, less quantity, but you're making good margin because you have those great price points. Okay? That's a boutique okay? And that's a huge difference. I've seen a lot of um, people not totally understand that boutique is allowed and should have that better pricing. You don't need to be at under 20 for everything. You don't even need to be at under 30. If you're under 100 for everything, you're solid, okay? You're going to be totally fine. So think about that price-value relationship. And here I've gone off on a tangent. We we started with how much inventory should you have (laughs) And look at where we've ended up because I just can't stop teaching. So the next question is, what is a realistic sales goal? And so again, this plays into what kind of boutique are you running, right? Do you have higher price points? Do you have that mid-range price point? Um, the first couple of months, honestly, there's no normal, okay? I get emails all the time. Emily, what's a normal sales you know, goal for the first month, second month? Well, here's the thing. It's going to depend on a lot of factors. One, how big is your network? Two... You know, how much time and energy are you putting into your business? Three, how much prep work have you done? Have you done a lot of like pre-launch work so that when you do launch your boutique, there's an audience sitting there waiting for it? There is no realistic. In my mind, I've heard of people making $10,000 their first month. I've heard people making $0 their first month. So when you ask me to give you a realistic sales goal, it's completely dependent on you, okay? The one thing I will say is get your mindset in check. You know, if you want this boutique to be successful and you believe it can be, then it will be. So set a good sales goal for yourself, you know, and make sure you have the inventory to back it up. Make sure you're being consistent on social media. Make sure you're sending out emails. Doing all the things is what gets you to a sales goal, okay? There's no way that I can always just sit on my butt and make money, I mean, sometimes, but the realistic goal is that if I want to go out and make money, I have to market myself. I, you know, you have to market your clothes. You have to put the energy and the effort into really like going after getting the sale. Okay. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to push or hustle or any of that stuff, but you do have to put the, and I want to be clear about this word. You have to put the energy behind it. Does that make sense? Like for me, every time I look at going out and selling something, I'm thinking, okay, how many live streams am I going to need to do? How many emails am I going to need to send? How many posts am I doing? Am I doing it in my group? Am I doing it in my on my page? Am I posting on Instagram? Am I doing Instagram stories about it? You know, and remember guys, this is me like two and a half years into this consulting business. So I've got these channels really rocking and rolling. Sometimes I'll even talk to you guys on this podcast about what I'm promoting, right? This is a another channel for me I have YouTube right it's taken me time to grow these channels but across all of them I know that when I put something out to offer if I'm consistent about it for a week or two it's gonna sell so that's what you need to do you need to realize that being consistent is more important than me telling you there's some kind of like arbitrary realistic sales goal like you know I feel like my first month in business I I want to say we made like probably five grand maybe a little bit more than that. Um, I remember like our first day at the market, we went to this really great market in the fashion truck and it was a Sunday and I think we must have made like $2,500 in sales. And we were like, amazed. We were like, oh my God, this is incredible. You know, we were in the right place at the right time. We had the right merchandise, the right prices, everything was on point. So that's the other piece of it. You know, you have to have all these pieces and parts kind of like lined up. And luckily if you've been hanging out with me long enough, you've taken some courses, you like know what's going on. You've got all that lined up. So the next level is just like kind of believing that it's possible for you to hit some kind of sales goal. Okay. So nothing's realistic. Next question is all about where do I get a logo? Okay. So if you um, have a background in design or art, design your own logo. Okay? Definitely. If you do not, please do not design your own logo. You are not a professional. And honestly, the quality of your logo depends. Is going to set the tone for the quality of your store. Okay. This is something, this is your mark. This is what people see first and foremost when they come to your store, come to your website, see what's going on. Okay. And so even if you can't afford to hire someone to design your logo, please, please make it simple and easy. That's it. Don't try to get fancy with images. I've seen like, way too many pictures of like women's legs with shopping bags. It's just like, that's not cute. It's like not interesting. Okay. A customer is looking for something that's unique, something that's beautiful, something that feels really wonderful in terms of a logo. And for you to just like jump on Canva and like slap some stuff together, like isn't always the best idea. Okay. And this is me. I'm, I have a background in design and and art, graphic design. And what I'll tell you is that I hired someone to do my logo for the fashion truck. I hired graphic designers. Okay. And the best part about that was number one, I was unattached from it. I never fell in love with it. I never was like, oh my God, I want this one over the, like, no, it was like, I gave them uh, a mood board and I gave them colors that I liked and they came back to me with the idea. I had my own signature print. It was, it was great. Right. And, if you're in Six Figure Blueprint and you've ever taken it, I show you the exact mood board that I sent them and the exact results that they gave me. It's like so cool uh, to see the process, right? So I would highly suggest that you use a graphic designer as an option. The other thing you can do is go on a website like Fiverr or the one I really like right now is called 99designs. And... They will have people who are professional graphic designers, hopefully most of the time, design logos for you, okay? And it's very inexpensive. So please outsource this, okay? Do not think you can design your own logo. Like, it's just, it's going to be a hot mess, okay? And if you want a boutique that lasts, just invest. Like, that's the easiest thing to invest money in that you're going to get a massive return on. Like, this is your mark forever. So just know that. All right, next question I always get is about point-of-sale systems, which is also like POS system, it's called. Okay, so point-of-sale systems are so many options, you guys, okay? Um, The two that always seem to be like the winners, I feel like, from my clients, them telling me what's the best, um, is Shopify, Lightspeed and QuickBooks now has a point of sale system that is really great. And so do I recommend one over the other? No, because I think it's totally a personal preference. I think you have to get on and use these POS systems, see what feels best to you, right? I have some people who are like, I don't understand Shopify. I can't get it. So they switch to something else or, you know, someone's like Lightspeed seems really good, but like it's super complicated and my brain just doesn't, you know, it doesn't work. So What I would say is try a couple and see which feels best to you, which interface feels best. And my other, you know, kind of just call out with POS systems is I get, like, a lot of questions from people about, like, well, how do you do this on Shopify or that on Shopify? Like, you guys call Shopify, (laughs) okay? I am 100% not the coach who wants to, like, teach Shopify, like backend stuff. That's not like my forte. And frankly, I don't really care. I don't think like your backend on a POS system is going to make or break your business. I mean, it could because like really you want to have inventory in there. Don't get me wrong, but like I'm not the coach or consultant to teach systems like that. It's not my jam. Always call. You guys, you're paying for this system. Call and stay on the phone with them until they have helped you do everything. I have heard clients say they've been on the phone with Shopify for literally like six hours. And Shopify doesn't care. They pay people to do this, okay? So just call and ask for help, okay? So call Shopify, call Lightspeed, call QuickBooks, get your free trials. You know, If you do wanna try Shopify, I'll put the 14-day free trial link in the show notes. That's my link. I'm an affiliate for Shopify, and frankly, I'm an affiliate for Shopify because I haven't found anything better. Working in corporate retail really spoiled me. We had the best POS systems ever. They were so complicated and so, like, they could spit out the best data, uh, but those were, like, you know, very expensive systems. So Shopify seems to be the best options. All right, last question that I get all the time is, What's the deal with, like, vendors and orders and pre-orders? Like, you know, Emily, I see all these, you know, pre-order things on Fashion Go or I see other boutiques taking pre-orders, blah, blah, blah. Okay, listen, here's the thing with pre-orders in general and vendors is, like, you can never trust them. (laughs) Okay, until merchandise is in your store, like I would be very weary of pre-selling anything unless you've called the vendor, you've confirmed it, you know what's up, right? So let's say you wanted to take a pre-order on a style that you found at a vendor that you loved. Let's say you wanted to put that, you know, in a Facebook Live, show a picture uh, and take a pre-order on it. Okay, first and foremost, you need to be on the phone with the vendor that day and say, Hi. Is this actually in stock? When is it coming? Here's my card. I want to make sure that I get at least, you know, one pre-pack of that because I'm going to sell it on pre-order. Okay, the one thing I feel like so many – boutiques don't utilize is calling the vendor like call them you guys they have phone numbers just give them a call make sure you know most of them are in pacific standard time so just make sure that you're calling within business hours of of pst and talk to them know what's going on okay so many people like put orders in on fashion go and then they're like oh my god only half of it shipped well, yeah, because like the vendors sometimes don't keep good track. Sorry, that's how it goes. You know, they're moving in a really fast-paced business. And frankly, they're gonna be more excited to work with a customer who calls them, who builds a relationship. Just like your customers are building relationships with you. You should be doing that with vendors as well, especially some of your top-selling vendors. The better relationship you have with them, the more likely you are to grow. And then eventually maybe you can do private labeling and all that jazz. So just know, um, Pre-orders are never guaranteed. You are never guaranteed a piece of the pre-order, even if you place it on Fashion Go. They've never charged your card. Um, So just be very weary about pre-orders. And if you have an issue where, like, you, you know, ordered something with a vendor, whether it's on their website or, you know, an aggregate like a Fashion Go or LA showroom, call them. Like, if you don't see shipping notification, you don't know what's going on, call them, Okay. In your boutique, you need to be the number one advocate for it, okay? Don't order something, wait two days, don't see a shipping notification, and then post in the Fashion Trick tribe like, oh my God, like I don't see my order, what's going on? Like we can't help you. Call the vendor, okay? Call Shopify, like call these partners in your business. Like these are the people who are your partners in your business, okay? You better believe if I have an issue with anything in my business, I am on the phone or I am on live chat the minute there's a problem, okay. Obviously, I try to figure it out quickly first. But if I like am stuck, like I-, I don't waste much time trying to figure stuff out. I will tell you when I first started this podcast, I spent like eight hours trying to fix my intro because I didn't like the way it sounded because I recorded it with my, you know, my cousin over the phone, over a speaker phone. Like I just, you know, I was like, oh my god, it sounds so tingy and whatever. I wasted all this time, and then I was like, you know what? It's fine. <laughs> Don't be like Emily. Do not take eight hours trying to figure something out on your own. Just call, deal with it, and, like, it will be over soon. If you're more experienced, I bet you found this podcast very boring. But if you're new, I bet you love this podcast. Uh, So thanks so much for listening. I really was excited to do something that was more of like a frequently asked question situation. If you do have questions or you do have things that you want me to talk about on the podcast, you can always send ideas over to us at hello at stylishandsuccessful.com. I'm always looking for things that you guys need more help with or people you want interviewed, things like that. So, you know, don't be a stranger. We're really nice. Remember, we're best friends. So don't be a stranger. Send me your ideas. Send me uh, what you're looking for. And I will do my best to try to get it for you unless I have it covered somewhere else and, like, you just haven't found it. If, If that's the case, we'll, you know, obviously email you back and let you know, like, where that stuff already exists thank you once again for joining me and i will see you next week on the booster boutique podcast here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money
0: did you love this episode as much as i did head over to itunes and rate and review the booster boutique podcast so more amazing and creative boutique owners like you can find out about it and don't forget head over to boostyourboutique.com to learn more